0: You're listening to Empowered Parenting Real Parents, Real Stories.
1: Tune in to help you and your children build resilience. Let's get connected. Welcome to Empowered Parenting Real Parents, Real Stories. So, Cindy, we have been doing a podcast about parenting and mental health with a huge theme of the global pandemic. And for those of us who live in Ontario, um it's almost as if we're starting from scratch as if like this is day one of a new cycle that we're in and it's a hard day and it's interesting that we decided to do this recording with Liette on isolation and before we knew um really where we were going to be today and so um I'm really glad that we're doing it now because I think it'll be really helpful So I'm excited to introduce Liat. She is a mom of three. Um, She's also a life coach. um, And you can really hear that in her story, which is so lovely. Um, And her kids are, she has two boys that are nine and 10 and a daughter who is four. So let's get into this COVID isolation and uh, really the the story of, of a parent who's living through this real difficult time in our province right now.
0: Juliette, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, here we are. What are we? We're April 15th. We are well already over a year of this pandemic. We thought it would be important to circle back to the topic uh, in, in kind of a specific way, because certainly what I'm feeling with, you know, somewhat with my own family, but definitely with my clients, stress levels for all different reasons are so high. But we're going to look specifically, I think, at this theme of isolation in COVID. And so, Leanne, I'm I'm going to just turn the floor right to you and ask you about how the experience of isolation in COVID has impacted you and or your family in whichever way you define this isolation.
2: So, first of all, thank you for having me. It's really nice to be able to connect with fellow parents who are obviously going through such similar struggles as we all are a year into this madness. Um, I think it's a great question because isolation does mean very different things to different people. And weirdly enough, it's interesting for me to talk about this now based on the fact that I have literally just come out of a 14-day isolation due to a... Case in my daughter's cohort at school. So we had not in the year leading up to this had to deal with a full 14 day isolation uh, until now. And so I now see it from different perspectives because that kind of isolation actually was so much harder than I, I guess, imagined it to be because I thought, well, we're kind of all in isolation anyway, does it really make a difference? that we can't walk to the park or walk in our area. You know, we're at home, we can go in the backyard, we can do our usual stuff that we've mostly been doing before, online schooling, I work from home and so on. But actually, just in terms of that kind of isolation, I found it very, very challenging. I just felt completely trapped. And I think from a mental health perspective, for me, a person who's extroverted and outgoing and, to be able to go for a walk and like say hi to the neighbors on the way to the park means so much to me and I think we all know that now so much more to really appreciate very menial and regular things the other thing though I would say is that I think my kids are struggling yet I see that they fully have embraced this understanding of this COVID life like my four-year-old will talk about when we're out of isolation or when COVID is over, she can have her friends over for a play date or she can go for a sleepover to her grandparents. And I find it so like gut wrenchingly sad that that is her reality, but I'm quite also impressed by their resilience to just get on with it. Now, of course, I'll just be candid here. There are a lot of big feelings in my house. Um, We're a big feeling kind of family. However, COVID has taken our big feelings to another level. And I'm not just talking about the children. Like I go from zero to 10 super quickly in terms of raising my voice, in terms of feeling frustrated and annoyed with anything and everyone. And so that for me in this lockdown, isolation, whatever you want to call it, I would say it's not even my children's behavior. It's the shock at how difficult I'm finding it to control and manage my emotions. And I'll just say one more thing, like with, um, you know, we speak about, I've heard about these topics coming up more and more, self-regulation when it comes to the children, right? They've gone back to school and maybe there's behavioral issues and things like that. I've started to hear these little, these little uh, phrases coming out and the term self-regulation, I feel as an adult, there's so much pressure on me to self-regulate and be able to show my children that that, you know, so they can learn by example, but I'm struggling with self-regulation.
1: So Cindy, this isn't the first episode where we've used the word trapped, Um, but I can tell you that I, when she said it, when she said trapped and she said dysregulated, um, I had a vision of myself in my car yesterday, um, you know, our, the the premier of Ontario made the announcement yesterday at four o'clock. I was in my car because I had just gone for physio and I felt the epitome of trapped. I was trapped. I was, it, it felt like I was going to drive home and that was going to just be the end of it because there was going to be nowhere to go And no way out from there, no way out for me, no way out for my kids. I knew the reaction that my kids were going to have like any tiny little bit of life that they had still, I knew was gone now. And I know it sounds so dramatic, but we're so far into this. And so that, that trapped feeling is dysregulation. And that's what she was talking about. It's you, you can't feel regulated while you feel trapped and you don't have any outlet. I mean, you do, and I do. And I, you know, I exercises is my outlet, but it's once you stop exercising, then you have the whole rest of the day to, to force yourself to feel regulated. And what Liette was saying is, you know, we, we have this impossible job of helping our kids learn regulation in an impossible time to feel regulated while we feel completely dysregulated. So yeah, it sounds really like we're set up for total success in parenting.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, listen, it is 100% a setup. It's probably a, certainly a parenting challenge that none of us would have predicted when we chose to become parents, but, but you're right. So first of all, like the process of feeling trapped, of course that feeling is going to lead for the, to the possibility of not being able to regulate well. Like they go, they go hand in hand, those two experiences. How could someone feel trapped but be able to be so perfectly regulated? That's such an oxymoron like it doesn't make sense but to to Liat's point this idea of like but at the end of the day the pressure on parents to self-regulate to try to find their wherewithal is still there and it's not going to disappear because it's a little bit non-optional but I think the point of this the point of this podcast in general and certainly this episode is to at least validate this experience that no parent should be feeling on their self-regulatory game right now. That most parents who, who have their kids at home, who, uh, especially now with the current order that we're under, uh, are thin and are probably often acting thin and feeling thin. And that's part of where we're at right now. And so part of this is, okay, we see it, we accept it. And then maybe, and we'll get into this, You know, if someone is in fact trapped and that is kind of an out of someone's control situation, well, then we look at, okay, so what do I have control over? Um, I am trapped in this situation. So what am I going to do with that? And that ends up becoming a big question. We'll get into
1: that. Okay, let's go back to Liad and hear about um, how this trapped feeling and this dysregulation feels for her and looks in her house.
0: want to go back to what you said, I'm quoting you, you know, particularly in those 14 days where you guys were in like strict quarantine, feeling completely trapped. So I'm going to, I'm going to stretch you a little bit. Do you feel comfortable to highlight a little bit more when you say, I felt completely trapped? So trapped is your experience, but can you tell me
2: more about what that did to your emotional body? Yes, that's a really good question. Um, so I think there was two parts to it. It was like the one is what on earth do I do with my children every day, all day? And even though they had online school, that comes with its own challenge, I find, in my home. And I'm sure that it's quite similar to other, for other people. Different ages, different needs, whilst also working. Right. So to manage them all. And then the fact of like not having that outlet. So I'll give you a perfect example. I am a person who every day, usually before the day starts, before the school day starts, before my work day starts, even in winter, depending on how cold it is, I will get out for a walk or a run on my own. And that's like my sanity, that's my time to to be able to kickstart my day, especially in these COVID times, to kickstart my day in the positive direction. But what really actually saved me is music and my headphones, like putting stuff in my ears so that I could get away from the constant Groundhog Day noises that go on in my house, the same questions from the children over and over, the you know even if they're playing their video games or they're watching tv and they're having some electronics time I still hear it and it's like you want to be able to block it out so when I was working and not on coaching calls and I was literally just doing work I always have music in my ears and I have very specific playlists from Spotify that I have curated that in that lockdown became like my religion and also the same with when I was cooking, when I was cleaning the kitchen, like all those sort of menial, regular daily tasks, I would try to block out the external regular noises so that I could just, I don't know, have some semblance of, of being on my own or being with myself. I'm just I mean, going to say it so, because yeah.
0: our listeners, are, like everybody is listening, they can't see. But for everyone who's listening, if you would see Leah as she's describing this... Her hand, her face is in her hands. It looks like she's like wanting to like pull her hair out. If you guys could see her, you could feel the trapness. Because when you're describing Liat, I would put my headphones on and block out all the noise. I would, it would be just for me and just me and the music hearing nothing else. Okay, so that's what you needed to get out of this feeling of being trapped, which leads me to believe that the feeling of feeling trapped was noisy, Mm. was constantly stimulating, constantly, but not in a nice way. Um, Mm. Constantly kind of feeling like the walls that are so around me might even be like touching me, like everyone is on me and I'm hearing everything. It's so overwhelming. And so for our listeners to see Leah, with her hands, her head in her hands, just trying to find the words. Like, I wish people can see you because it's such a beautiful manifestation of what you described as feeling trapped. Yeah, we're going to get more into this. Uh, There's so many elements that I want to get into with you.
2: I, I was just going to say one more thing. Thank you for bringing my, I guess, my feelings really to light as you see me experiencing it again. But one thing I've noticed, and funnily enough, it feels like it's a common thing that I've heard from some friends lately, is that we're all sick of each other, the people in our homes I'm talking about. And now this doesn't mean that we don't love each other and we don't care for each other. It just means we are a little bit tired of each other's everything because we have been together, quarantining or not, it's it's just the same a lot of the same conversations, a lot of the same feelings, a lot of the same experiences. I mean, okay, movie night again, or you know, it's dinner time, lunch time again. It's all, it's just the same, the same things over and over. And that's hard. You know, I think that that is why a lot of families are being additionally tested because there's no outlet. There's no outlet, there's no way out. You know, when the kids were in school, at least we had that buffer and that break. But in right now, there isn't much, there isn't much of a break. And I will say it's compounded by, I was thinking about this, it's compounded by the fact that we are now in the spring and spring is supposed to naturally just bring hope and light and life in general. Literally, the buds are blooming. So you feel this element of growth and change and like lightness. And so we expected that with COVID, I think, after winter. It was like, we're going to get through this lockdown in winter, winter break, however many weeks, I think it was seven weeks that we were, we were out of school, started going back. And then I think most of our minds were thinking, it's okay, we're going to, you know, spring is coming. Spring is coming and we're going to see the light. And literally the exact opposite has happened. The numbers are still high and we're still in isolation. So it's like this false sense of hope i was just i'm adding that in from my thoughts no that's that's such a good add-in and and i think in
0: some ways that kind of summarizes a, a feeling or feelings that of course you are not alone that that so many people must be experiencing i'm gonna throw a bunch of words out your way so this is if i were to like give you feedback based on everything that you just said what i'm hearing is groundhog day disappointment hopelessness, trapped, overwhelmed, thin, dysregulated, stunted in so far as, I should be blooming in spring and yet I'm not. Does that feel like a fair capture of words to describe all the difficult parts of this isolation and COVID?
2: Yes, 100%.
1: Wow, Cindy, listening to Liette talk about her headphones, it's so crazy. That's me. That is me. If you ask any of the boys who live in my house, my husband included, I have my headphones in all the time. My AirPods are, um, they're my, I don't know what the word is. I guess they are, they're my they're my outlet i guess although that sounds like such a they're my savior um
0: well i think i you know it's funny when liette was talking i actually was thinking about you because two things she said made me think of you like wholeheartedly one is when she talked about particularly during her quarantine time when she couldn't even go out for a run and i was thinking oh my god elisa if someone took away your exercise And then, so I thought like, God, that must be resonating with you. And then the headphones, like the earbuds, a hundred percent. And I think if we, if we talk about earbuds or music, that's meditation. Like that's a version of meditation. It's a version of disconnecting from external stimuli to just be present in a moment you and you and music is such a beautiful way to do it because it's sound it's it's distracting it will distract us from the other things we see and feel and so I could imagine for you just like Liette said you know and and I know you are so sensitive and Liette is clear I mean people generally are quite sensitive to need to block out the noise the even feeling overwhelmed is a noisy feeling it's like prickly and, and, and constant stimulation and it's not comfortable. And so I wonder for you, like, that must be a little bit about yeah. what you. A hundred percent.
1: And I have, I have two ways of using it. Um, I, from the minute I went to university, um, I realized that the quiet in my apartment or my residence um, didn't sit well with me. And it's because my, I grew up with my mom always having CBC radio on. And so as soon as I moved away from home, I I moved into that. I always had CBC radio on because that was, that's how life was supposed to sound. And um, you can, so I always have CBC radio on. When I wake up in the morning, it goes on immediately till the second I get down to my exercise room and then it goes off. And then the second, when I'm doing my stretches, it goes back on. And so it's (laughs) CBC right now is filled with so much external, not helpful noise, but it's on a day where I've been inside my house working from home and doing online school, it's my, it is my access to the outside world, to something that stimulates my brain, to world politics and news that I need that it feeds my soul. And then there's times when I have to put on, a, I'll say it out loud, it's like it's Taylor Swift or it's Mariah Carey. Or it's Sarah McLaughlin. It's usually one of those three. It's weird. But they also feed my soul in like a totally different way. And so I have different ways of of meditating or feeling connected, but without my headphones. And here's a little secret that I told the Sometimes my kids will come up to me because a lot of the times my headphones are in because I'm on work calls. And sometimes my kids will come up to me and ask me if I'm on a call and I'll say yes. And the answer is hundred percent no. <laughs> but,
0: Well, that's, that's totally honest and fair. Um, You know, if you're in the middle of your own personal meditation, you don't want to be taken out of that.
1: So, no. no. And I really, yeah, I really think that it's like, one of the things that she was talking about in that clip was how we're all so sick of each other and how there's nothing wrong with it. We're sick of ourselves. And so to be able to put something in that can give you boundaries um and space and limits t- and access to you and separation from your kids is it's all we have and so it can actually be as this sounds dramatic but it's life-changing when your life is groundhog day right it will change your day it will change your so if you don't have a set of headphones go get them
0: <laughs> well quite- I'll tell you just just to put like a smidgen of personal of me out there I am Liets' opposite. For me, my sanity, my safety, my tethering is silence. You know, I talk all day. I'm always talking. I'm always listening. My kids are online or on FaceTime, or my son is playing video games. It's like noise, talk, talk, talk all day. You need silence. My partner is a talker. He also has CNN (laughs) on all day. My daughter's in the kitchen making meals. Her phone is on. Everywhere I turn is noise, noise, noise. That for me, I need to go into my room. I need to tell everybody like I'm out, you know, whether it's for an hour or a half an hour and it's just silence. I need right. silence. And that what finds right. my te- that's what gives right. me my tether.
1: Right. And it's like every human brain is so different, I guess, because to me, I can't silence is it. I, and it's probably not a good thing. I should probably learn to live with my silence. <laughs> but
0: well, I, I think there's no judgment. I think that everybody yeah. has to find their way. Um, and everyone's brain gets stimulated differently. So I think the fact that for you, it's, it's music or Taylor Swift or Liat, it's her own Spotify playlist. That's beautiful. It's equally as beautiful as my need for clean silence.
1: Yeah. And I love that Liat put it out there that we're sick of each other, because I think it's so important to be able to say that right now. So, yeah, um, this really is day one of the end, hopefully, uh, but the next stage, Um, of our pandemic life in Ontario and all the feelings and all the mental health challenges that we've been dealing with for a year, it's kind of like have just been dropped on our plate again and opened up. Um, And I think that we are all feeling really dysregulated and worried and fragile and this notion of fragility and fragility with ourselves and how it impacts us as parents um, is actually what we are going to talk about next week. We are going to meet a new mom. Her name is Lisa from Sunshine and Broccoli. We're very excited to have her. Um, And her story talks about fragility, not just in this pandemic, but in parenting and her personal story. And it was such a pleasure to dig as down deep as we did with Lisa. So please stay tuned for next week. We're so grateful to Liette for sharing and being so honest, articulate, and genuine in her story with us this week. So one of the beautiful things about Liette is that she is a life coach. And she left us um, on this episode with a really hopeful, optimistic, and digestible piece of hope. So we are going to leave you with Liat's beautiful words and Liat, thank you for sharing with them. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you next week.
2: It's crazy difficult. It's close to impossible. Sometimes it feels very heavy. The last few weeks, especially it's been really heavy on a personal note, because a lot of people that I know have just gone through having COVID, like a lot of people I know. And just like really close to home watching people suffer and struggle but I will tell you that from my perspective and what I do in my work is and this is why I know that I'm doing the right thing is that I still have like a positive outlook I am still overall motivated in general I still have hope in the grand scheme and the drive to keep going.